and welcome to Rocket Radio, where we share great books for kids to want to read again and again and again. And maybe, just maybe, along the way of our reading adventure, find some new ones. up in today's show, we'll talk to a young man who absolutely loves the series called Wings of Fire. He's highly anticipating the 14th book in the series coming out in December. We'll also talk about what we've noticed people have been reading lately and how they've been reading and what we've noticed at our school on our coronavirus pandemic at home school situation. And as always, we'll check in with Maya and see what reading recommendations she has for us this week. And last but not least, Sleepy Hollow. We'll see how things are going with Ichabod Crane this week. Stay tuned. I'm here today with Michael, and Michael is a huge, huge fan of a series of books called Wings of Fire. Good morning, Michael. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Good. Um, so, hey, um, I see we've got all the books in this series spread out before us. There are 13 books in this series. What? Uh, who wrote this series to begin with? Um, a person named T.E.T. Sutherland. Sutherland, okay. And so what is it about this series of books that just makes you want to have read every single book and in order? Um, I guess it's like that because it's not like, oh, here's your problem, they solve it in one book. It's like through a series of books and it's told from a different dragon each time in the next part of the story and stuff. Ah, so it's a book, uh, it's a series uh, about dragons. And are these dragons magical? Some of them. Some of them are magical. And do they have weird names? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Do you remember any of the names of the dragons in the series? In the first, in the first book, it's told from this dragon named Clay. Clay. Clay the dragon. Mm -hmm. Seriously, that's funny. <laughs> okay, so Clay the dragon. And I noticed on the cover he's kind of clay, clay colored, you know. And so he tells the story through this book. And then when you go to book two, there's a different dragon on the cover. Um, he's kind of greenish. Do you remember the name of this, this dragon? That one's called Tsunami. It's like a different breed of dragon. It's called a sea wing. Ah, that's the that's the cover. The cover is under the ocean. There's looks like there's fish and creatures flying, uh, swimming around. He's kind of got this pretty blue color. Oh my gosh! So it looks like the cover kind of matches the dragon that's telling the story in that book. That is very interesting. So. Um, is there one particular book in this series so far that really stands out that you like the best? Mm, I guess I like um, book nine best. Okay. It's called Talons of Power. It's from another sea wing. 
but it's a drag. It's a ceiling that's called an animus ceiling, so it has magical powers. Ah, and so this the talons of power. What's this actually about? So it's kind of like it's told from the dragon. This dragon's called Turtle, and um, so that they have animus powers, and her sister and enemy has an animus. Animus powers too, so they get in a fight between it because of this one dragon that's been like asleep for three thousand years is trying to like rule the earth and tries to enslave uh, an enemy with all sorts of cool gifts and stuff. And so Turtle is trying to fight against them, and then they get in a fight because of it. And then in the end, it ends kind of bad, so they have to tell it from the next book. Uh, kind of, so the story goes, kind of picks up in that next book, mm -hmm. book number uh, 10, called Darkness of Dragons. Wow, that is really cool. And so um, I know you have been anticipating the new book in the series coming out. So what number of book is this? Um, it's book 14. And did, what's the title? Have you found out yet? It says on the phone here on Amazon, it's called The Dangerous Gift. Ooh, book 14, The Dangerous Gift. I mean, I'm seeing, we, we pulled up a, a picture of the cover. It's got a different kind of cover. Or does it say the cover's been made it's yet? It's not final. Oh, the cover's not final yet. Because it if you look at it on Amazon, the projected cover, I guess, so far, it looks different from the other ones, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, That's very what different. That's what the hardcover looks like. Ah, Okay. So, yeah, when you take the book jacket off, the cover, the actual cover of the books, they're a solid cover. It's got a dragon like emblem imprint, and then it says like book one, book two. Uh, so that's a, looks like a white fire and ice type book, you know? So it's called The Dangerous Gift. I wonder what that's going to be about, knowing what you have read in this series so far. What are your projections? So in this series, there's three prophecies, um, Dragonet Prophecy, the Jade Mountain Prophecy, and then there's the Lost Continent Prophecy. So they're all like different miniseries in the series telling that stuff. And so the last one is on a different continent with completely different dragons that look like butterflies and wasps and giant trees, apparently. And so there's only three in that series so far. So... And there's this one dragon they haven't told about yet, which is called Luna, which is a different dragon called a Silkwing. It has powers to shoot silk from its wrist, and Luna's a special fire Silkwing that can use um, glowing silk that can catch on fire and stuff. So I think it's going to be told from that dragon's perspective. Which would match the cover, you know, kind of that white, light blue type image. Wow, that's really, really interesting. Well, Michael, I am, uh, I think our listeners might just get hooked on this series. It's called Wings of Fire, and it's by, what was the author's name again? Tui T. Sutherland. Yep, and so uh, it's available through Amazon. Um, I'm sure there's audiobooks and some ebooks that the kids could find. Uh, right now since we're all still at home. Um, so thanks, Michael, for sharing this great series with us called Wings of Fire. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. All right. Coming up next, what are you reading and how are you reading?
At our school, Robinson Intermediate School, our library has always strived to have great books for great kids. And with the at-home school that we've been going through since March, due to the coronavirus pandemic worldwide, our library has tried to provide different ways to read for kids. We've done ebooks and audiobooks um, and virtual field trips and just all kinds of fun opportunities for kids to still read and hear stories. And so I created a flip grid for our school called What You Been Reading Lately. And that is where kids get on Flipgrid and they record and tell me about things and ways that they've been reading. And so what I've noticed is kids are really being very creative with what they're reading and how they're getting it. So I went through the Flipgrids and I noticed some things. Kids are really good. They find ways to read. Here's a few things I noticed. Harper, she had a blue bonnet book checked out, and so she finished reading that. It was called Shadow Weaver, and it was a little sad, and she was a little sad that the book ended. Addison was reading a series of books that her mom had at her school called To All the Boys I've Loved by Jenny Hand. Emma Carter started reading books very fun-like. She was reading subtitles on Netflix to decide what she wanted to watch. And then she went into reading some different things. Alora, Alora always loved dog stories. Every day that she would come into the library, she was always checking out a book, a handheld book that involved a dog. So somebody gave her a book called Abel's Island. It's a Newbery winner. So she's reading that. Ted, Ted ran out of stuff to read. And so his dad had some books about the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the amendments to the Constitution. And he's reading those books. Nathaniel, Lord of the Rings. He's on the second one in that trilogy. And Noah, Noah's reading a set of books that his aunt gave him. And he's absolutely loving them. It's about the crazy magical teacher. So kids are finding ways to read. Where will you find your way to read? Hello, readers, and welcome to Walk It Reading Recommendations with me, Maya. Here at Robinson, reading recommendations will be given to you by yours truly for your enjoyment. So let's get to it. Today, I'm going to be recommending an author. He is one of my favorites, and you may have heard of him. So without further ado, let's give a round of applause for Ronald Dahl. He writes funny children books that will give you a good laugh. One of my favorites from him is called The Twits. 
It is about two kooky people, the Twits, who are married and like playing nasty tricks on each other. Mr. Twit has a pet monkey that he makes stand on their heads. And one day, the monkeys have had enough. They play a trick so malicious on the Twits that they were gone forever. Another one of my favorites is called Iso Trot, which is Taurus backwards. This book is about a man who love is so deep for a woman that he uses tortoises to get her. And lastly, if you like a spooky story, then Witches is for you. Living in Norway with his grandma, young boy finds out that witches aren't people who wear black hats and ride broomsticks. Witches are people just like you and me, or so it seems. Wall Dog has many, many more books you should definitely check out. If you're looking for funny, fictional, and kooky books, then you should definitely check out Wall Dog. Well, that concludes the third episode of Rocket Reading Recommendations with me, Maya. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, happy reading. Thank you, Maya, for those great reading recommendations for Rocket Radio this week. And now on to The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Ichabod has made it to the Van Tassel party, and he's noticed all of the goodies that are before him. And so now, after filling his plate with food and dancing in the festivities, it's time for the people in the party to start telling their stories. And so our story continues. We had nearly taken a British frigate with an old iron nine-pounder from a mud breastwork, only that is gone burst at the sixth discharge. And there was an old gentleman who shall be nameless, being too rich a mineer to be lightly mentioned, who, in the Battle of White Plains, being an excellent master of defense, parried a musket ball with a small sword, insomuch that he absolutely felt it whiz round the blade and glance off the hilt, in proof of which he was ready at any time to show the sword, with the hilt a little bent. There were several more that had been equally great in that field, not one of whom but was persuaded that he had a considerable hand in bringing the war to a happy termination. But all these were nothing to the tales of ghosts and apparitions that succeeded. The neighborhood was rich in legendary treasures of the kind. Local tales and superstitions thrive best in these sheltered, long-settled retreats, but are trampled underfoot by the shifting throng that forms the population of most country places. Besides, there is no encouragement for ghosts in most of our villages, for they have scarcely had time to finish their first nap and turn themselves over in their graves before their surviving friends have traveled away from the neighborhood, so that when they turn out at night to walk their rounds, they have no acquaintance left to call upon. This is perhaps the reason why we so seldom hear of ghosts except in our long-established Dutch communities. 
The immediate cause, however, of the prevalence of supernatural stories in these parts was doubtless owing to the vicinity of Sleepy Hollow. There was a contagion in the very air that blew from that haunted region. It breathed forth an atmosphere of dreams and fancies infecting all the land. Several of the Sleepy Hollow people were present at Van Tassel's and, as usual, were doling out their wild and wonderful legends. Many dismal tales were told about funeral trains and mourning cries and wailings heard and seen about the great tree where the unfortunate Major Andre was taken and which stood in the neighborhood. Some mention was also given of the women in white that haunted the dark glen at Raven Rock and was often heard to shriek on winter nights before a storm, having perished there in the snow. The chief part of the stories, however, turned about the favorite specter of Sleepy Hollow, the headless horseman, who had been heard several times of late patrolling the country, and it was said, tethered his horse nightly among the graves in the churchyard. The sequestered situation of this church seems always to have made it a favorite haunt of troubled spirits. It stands on a knoll surrounded by locust trees and lofty elms, from among which its decent whitewashed walls shine modestly forth like Christian purity beaming through the shades of retirement. A gentle slope descends from it to a silver sheet of water, bordered by high trees, between which peeps may be caught at the blue hills of the Hudson. To look upon its grass-grown yard where the sunbeams seem to sleep so quietly, one would think that there, at least, the dead might rest in peace. On one side of the church extends a wide woody dell, along which raves of a large brook among broken rocks and trunks of fallen-down trees. Over a deep black part of the stream not far from the church was formerly thrown a wooden bridge. The road that led to it and the bridge itself were thickly shaded by overhanging trees, which cast a gloom about it even in the daytime, but occasioned a fearful darkness at night. Such was one of the favorite haunts of the headless horseman, and the place where he was most frequently encountered. The tale was told of old Brewer, the most heretical disbeliever in ghosts, of how he met the horseman returning from his foray into Sleepy Hollow, and was obliged to get up behind him, and how they galloped over bush and brake over hill and swamp until they reached the bridge when the horseman suddenly turned into a skeleton, threw old Brewer into the brook, and sprang away over the treetops with a clap of thunder. This story was immediately matched by a thrice marvelous adventure of Brom Bones, who made light of the galloping Hessian as an errant jockey. He affirmed that on returning one night from the neighboring village of Sing Sing, he had been overtaken by this midnight trooper, that he had offered to race him for a bowl of punch, and should have won it too, for Daredevil beat that goblin horse all hollow. But just as they came to the church bridge, the Hessian bolted and vanished in a flash of fire. 
All these tales told in that drowsy undertone with which men talk in the dark, the countenances of the listeners only now and then receiving a casual gleam from the glare of a pipe, sank deep in the mind of Ichabod. He repaid them in kind with large extracts from his invaluable author Cotton Mather, and added many marvelous events that had taken place in his native state of Connecticut, and fearful sights which he had seen in his nightly walks about Sleepy Hollow. The revel now gradually broke up. The old farmers gathered together their families in their wagons and were heard for some time rattling along the hollow roads and over the distant hills. Some of the damsels mounted on pillions behind their favorite swains, and their light-hearted laughter, mingling with the clatter of hooves, echoed through the dark, silent woodlands, sounding fainter and fainter until they gradually died away, and the late scene of noise and frolic was all silent and deserted. Ichabod only lingered behind, according to the custom of country lovers, to have a tete-a-tete -tete with the heiress, fully convinced that he was now on the high road to success. What passed at this interview I will not pretend to say, for, in fact, I do not know, Something, however, I fear me must have gone wrong, for he certainly sallied forth after no very great interval with an air quite desolate and chapfallen. Oh, these women, these women! Could that girl have been playing off any of her coquettish tricks? Was her encouragement of the poor pedagogue all a mere sham to secure her conquest of his rival? Heaven only knows, not I. Let it suffice to say that Ichabod stole forth with the air of one who has been sacking a hen-roost rather than a fair lady's heart. Without looking to either left or right to notice the scene of rural wealth on which he had so often gloated, he went straight to the stable, and with several hearty cuffs and kicks roused his steed most uncourteously from the comfortable quarters in which he was soundly sleeping, dreaming of mountains of corn and oats and whole valleys of timothy and clover it was the very witching time of night that hmm. and so ichabod is going to go home after being broken-hearted by the lovely katrina tune in next week when he meets up with well, Rocket Radio listeners, we have come to the end of our show today. We want to thank Michael for stopping by and sharing a great series of books called The Wings of Fire. If you like fantasy and adventure, that's a great series to listen to or read the handheld books. And remember, reading or listening to great stories can come from anywhere. Think about how you can great, get great stories, just like the students are doing at Robinson Independent School District. Tune in next week 
for more great stories from great kids, more rocket reading recommendations with Maya, and the headless horseman comes. Stop to figure out a plan.